media moment. Your story, your story will be built from the ground up. All right, we're back. Everybody knows that I love a good conversation with an A-list celebrity, but today I don't only have an A-list celebrity, I have an A-list friend. One of the best people that I know in the world, and I mean that because you know I don't lie, probably the most beautiful rose that grew out of the concrete, my friend Tiffany Haddish is here. How do, you, how do you introduce somebody who's so great and somebody that you talk to probably three or four times every single day? <laughs> Just say what you know. Listen, what I do know is you're, you're probably, okay, I can give you your flowers here because everybody knows that has been following me that I talked to you about my journey of self-love. It took me a lot of phone calls with Tiffany hanging up in her face every time she would tell me that she loved her to start to say it back and that I love me. But I do have to say, and I'm going to say it right now because I think now it matters everybody's watching, that I really do love you and I appreciate your friendship and your support because a lot of people talk that shit and say they believe in people and want to help them, want to support them. But you, not only for me, but for everybody that I know, that you know, you show up for and support them. So I just want to say I love you and I appreciate that. I love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're not going to get emotional today because you know Tiffany is, uh, they said, wait, the card says you're a Sag Sagittarius? Uh-huh. No, no, Sagittarius. Yeah, I'm but Sagittarius. But you cry like a cancer. Why are you always so emotional? Um, Because I, look, I don't want to hold it in. I believe that crying is a removal of old beliefs and a replacement of new ones. And when you hold that shit in, it piles up, and then you 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 explode. You do something stupid. So Melissa, so, let it out. So, so Tiffany, uh, speaking of letting out, she has not been let out of South Central. She still <laughs> lives in South. It's South LA now, but you've lived there since it was South Central. Yeah. Why is it important to you to still being as successful and rich and noticeable as you are? Because you're not like somebody. You know, your your household name. You, everybody knows you. Why is it so important to stay? in South Central? It's important to me to stay there because that's where I'm from and I want to make it better, right? Like in, I guess I could make it better, get out of the hood and then just come by and do things and make it better that way. But I want to be present. I want to be visible to the to the youth in the community, to the to the actual community. They see me walking my dog, they see me in the hood. Like I'm, and also I, I've been on this, you know, you've said it to me, Kevin, all kind of people say it to me, like you need to get up out of there. You shouldn't be over there. But I Floyd feel, Mayweather has said yeah, it. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather has said it a thousand times. But I feel safest there. I I know everybody. They know me. They protect me. I protect them. We look out for each other. It's my community, and I want to be where I'm welcome. I don't want to move up to the hills and then they're like, oh, I can't believe this girl. You know, like I can't throw a little party at my house, and my neighbors will come by and hang out at the party too. That's and great. I'm and, and it's not like. They calling the police on me and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Go up to the hills and throw a little part. It's gonna be police. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a situation. So I was on uh, phone on the phone with Tiffany, and uh, I I don't know if your alarm went off. The fire department came. Tell them what you did with the fire. Tell them about the fire fire people. Story. Okay, so the so so the fire alarm went off because I had like lit the fireplace and it was like smoldering or whatever. And the fire department showed up. And I'm gonna tell you, ladies, if you ever looking for a man. Make them smoke detectors go off, okay? The whole busload of them will show up. It wasn't a busload, but 
at least a fire truck or two would show up. <laughs> so they show up and, you know, I'm telling them like, well, oh, I messed up with the, the thing or whatever. They check in, they make sure it's out and stuff. And then um, I ended up taking a picture with all of them. I was like, y'all want to take a picture? And, you know, I start, then I go up there like maybe a week and a half later, bring them an arcade game, give so, them tickets so to comedy So she established shows. a relationship with, okay, so she, her alarm goes off on accident. The fire department shows up to put out a fire. She had another fire she probably would have let them fill, put out, but in, instead then went and took them a video game and now established a relationship with the firefighters. Yeah, they got arcade game. They got the um, NBA jam now. Um, but see, this goes back to my example of how you just show love. To, why do you choose to be so nice? And, I, and the reason why I ask is because you and I have very similar backgrounds. Foster care, uh, relationship issues with our mother. We both have had different levels of abuse and, 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 and stuff like that where I feel like I've grown into being a more stone cold kind of standoffish person. You're very much loving and wanting to give people love. Why? Because I feel like kindness is currency. I feel like it's, it's easier to be nice to somebody than it is to be rude and mean. It's, it's also my nature is kindness, right? I want to be nice. I want to give love. I, I, I want that to come back to me. And I'm a firm believer in you get what you give, right? So maybe I'm giving kindness to this person and they ain't receiving it right now, whatever, but this it's gonna come back to me later on some mm -hmm. other kind of way. Mm -hmm. And you never know, like, you never know, those, those firefighters, you know, they, they're like, ah, oh, shit, go ahead and say somebody, and they find out it's me, and then we take pictures and stuff, and it's cool, we laugh, ha, ha, ha. But I appreciate how quickly they showed up, how they were attentive, they wanted to make sure I was safe, make sure there wasn't a fire. And then they could have probably slapped me with a big old bill and been like, oh, you had us come out for nothing. You know, it was an accident, but they, they didn't do that. These, they were kind, they didn't send me a bill. Uh, and then I made friends with them and like, I always drop off tickets to different, to different comedy shows and different things like, cause I know they work hard. And they, and like, sometimes I go over there, like, and not to try to like get at nobody or nothing, but just to just see how they doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, a, they're a part of my community. Mm -hmm. They're protecting us. There's the, where I'm getting the grocery store, that place been catching on fire mm -hmm. like every other month mm -hmm. it catches on fire. And they, and I see them over there putting the fire out. Nobody's saying thank you. You know, they, it's like, I just feel like attitude of gratitude mm -hmm. and it's easier to be kind. Even if somebody's like, I did. Like, I won't, I can be, a, I can be an asshole. You have seen me do it. So maybe once maybe or once twice. Or twice. But I had to be provoked to get to that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I had to be pushed there or I'm extremely tired and don't feel like playing with you. So mm -hmm. then I'll, I'll like, you know, do you feel, do you feel more pressure now that you're super famous to always be nice or has that just generally been who you are? That's generally that's who I am. Mm -hmm. That's that's who I always been. I, I might be rude sometimes and I realize I'm being rude, saying things I see, facts, calling out truths. And that might be rude to some people because they want to keep secrets or hide or whatever. Um, but if I see a booger, I'm going to say I see a booger. <laughs> Wait, when you did that um, interview on the red carpet, I think it was an entertainment tonight where the woman didn't have no shoes on. <laughs> Did you know you were going to call her out for not having no shoes? Because that was no, hilarious. No, I did not know I was going to call her out. For, I didn't know. I, I was already like, I was tired. But when she called your outfit a costume. That really pissed me off. <laughs> that, that, was, pissed, that just made me mad. I was so mad because like, <laughs> costume. No, this is like, this is art. Okay. <laughs> this is a dress. This is the evening gown. 
people spend hours and hours, over, over 20 hours making this gown. It's like, <laughs> normally that gown is $100,000. And you gonna talk a costume? <laughs> no, no, honey, this is an evening gown. But you turned that moment, even though it wasn't shade, it was hilarious. You turned that into a song that we play every time we go out now. Every <laughs> club we go to, we'll make sure that we get to the DJ booth. We were at the Super Bowl and a friend of mine who works for Pepsi said, we're having an event, can you pop up? We went. I was in the conversation, turned around, Tiffany's on stage with the DJ performing. This what success looked like for all these white folks. Looked like, and they was dancing and everything. They loved it. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not mean-spirited. You took a moment that became a viral joke or moment and turned it into a song that makes everybody feel good. Right. And that's what I want to do. Like, yeah. you look at the bad. Like, I could have I been negative with that woman. I could have just walked Walk away. Her, yeah. I could have just ignored it and not acknowledged what she said at all. Um, I could have went along with it and said, yeah, it's a costume. But to me, it wasn't a costume. To me, this was an evening gown that I earned to wear. I earned this. Mm -hmm. I worked my butt off for hours on end. But it ain't even that. It's where you came from. And yeah. that's where I think, like, with you, that I what I, the thing I always resonate with is people see Tiffany Haddish, the star that's arrived. But when you're walking a carpet like the Oscars and having that moment with the Meryl Streep or you are leaving a situation where your friends just got into an altercation, which is a real, real deal or whatever, and now this person has a job to do, that they don't understand how hard you worked to earn the ability to be there at that moment. Yeah, and it's stressful. And that was a real stressful time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was grieving and all that, so yeah, it, it's, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And grief, boy, well, how you dealing with yours? The same therapist that you talk to, I talk to. <laughs> Tiffany is the person that got me into therapy, y'all. She introduced me to the therapist. Now, I'm going to tell you how she did it. She invited me to a party. She invited the therapist there. Then the therapist comes and gets in my sprinter. And then you tell the rest of the story where we took the therapist because she wanted him to see me in my natural form. So this is where what we did, what we do. Well, also, I wanted him to see how I, yes. how I interact with people and yes. how I experience life. And, and the, the therapist. Yeah, the therapist. So he understood. So when I'm telling him, oh, this, this and this is happening, he has an understanding of what I'm saying. Yes. So we get in the sprinter and then Psychotherapist, we, by the way. Yes, yeah, psychotherapist. Yes, that teaches other therapists. He's like master therapy. Yeah. And so uh, we go from, we get in the, in the uh, sprinter and we go to the Abbey. And this is around Halloween time. Yeah. And um, the, yeah, the most famous gay and lesbian bar in the world. It's, and also the best damn food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the best that, that bakery, part. the best food, best drinks. And we go in there and I say, are you prepared? I asked, I said, Elliot, are you prepared for where we're going? Because where we are going, you have probably never been anywhere like this before. He's like, I got it. I can handle it. I got it. And, so and when he says, where are we going? I said, we're going to hell. <laughs> this is I'm talking <laughs> to the said. therapist. We are, we are going to hell. We're going to the devil's playground. And I'm like, what? No, we're just going to the Abbey. It's going to be fun. It's going, you're going to see a lot of uh, things you've never seen before, but it'll be a great time. So we get there, and people are dressed up in different kind of costumes, and they got the go-go dancers, and there's a man with his, you know, with some, right over his head. And, Somebody and, swinging around a pole. Me yes. and Tiffany are having drinks, having a great time. I'm like, woo! Gay's gone wild. I'm throwing little money here, little money there. You throwing money, you making out with somebody. Well, I, I, allegedly. 
That's why we sip my juice. Talking mm. to your friends and the tea get the spilling. Nah, but it, so you was having fun, I was having fun, I'm dancing, and then I get a little tired and I'm sitting, I'm looking at oh, see this, see that. And everywhere I was looking, Elliot was looking, and then he would be like, Who? Who? And I was like, Why you jumping? Because it's Halloween, everybody in costume. He was like, No, I never seen this before. Right, he had to dodge penises. Yeah, he was yeah, dodging yeah. them. I was like, You might want to come this way over yeah. here. You might want to get over here, like, come over here by me. Like, but it was good. And this is the thing, like, when Charlemagne would say, who's also a friend of ours, who also works with the same therapist, who, mm -hmm. when Charlemagne would say you should go to therapy, you know, when you're black and you go through the foster care system like we did, going to therapy was a mandatory thing we hated to do. We just didn't want to. So it was like, oh, I'm going to go to therapist. You have to meet the right therapist. And, right. And you have to be able to trust the person. I trust you. I trust Charlemagne. You guys trusted him. And so him being able to come in my natural environment and not judge and allowed me space to like say, yo, that was actually really fun. It, it let my, my guard was let down. And so, yeah, now we're now here. I'm in therapy. Yeah, because of you and you doing better than ever. I I'm haven't trying. seen you lose your temper like you normally do. Uh, I, I mean, you still lose it, but I ain't seen you pop off the same way. And I've seen you use a little more kindness. Have to. Yeah. Well, I have to because if, if when people like you make everybody around you better, you know, uh, you, you have to show up and, and show that there's value there. And I really feel like, again, and this is not performative, I really feel like you, you carry yourself in a way that makes people feel loved and, and in, so, in doing so, they need to reciprocate that. So I, I just, that night was hilarious. I wanted to share that because I think there's a lot of people out there, especially young people that I'm talking to now, who are struggling with mental health, who are struggling with stress, who are struggling with life and ambitions or dreams or things not coming to life. And I'm like, yo, we all been through shit. And if you're feeling like you're going through it alone, find somebody to talk to. And for us, it's been Dr. Elliot. Mm -hmm. You know what I like about Elliot is he's willing to to enter your space, to yeah. see where, like, mm -hmm. like I'm like, look, maybe how I'm explaining it might not be good enough. Would you come with me to this, this, and this? I started bringing him <laughs> to all these different things I was doing, have him come to my house and just see how I'm living, be around my family, just see the environment that I, I'm in. Because maybe the way I'm explaining it Ain't right. And he's like, no, you're explaining exactly what's been going on. Like, it's not like you're saying this and you're living this. Yeah. It's like you're saying this and you're living the same thing. Yeah. Like I had him go on a yacht party with me, Issa Rae's yacht party. I was like, just be close. Had him go on a couple of dates with me. No, had you a, didn't. Yes, I did. With a date? Yeah, yeah. And your therapist? Yeah, I invite him to where, where I'm going, going on a date. And then I'll be like, oh, hey, come over here, Elliot. And he's sitting and with you and the date? Yeah. Tiffany, you can't bring a therapist on a date. Why not? Because now he's a psychotherapist for that person, too. Perfect. Let me know if I should be in this situation or not. I wonder if he can tell by their behavior if they have a small penis or not. I don't care about the small penis. I like that. I know. That's I don't care. That I, I would prefer it to be smaller than big. I know. You say the whole medium thing. That's another conversation for another but that's, day. But that's, you know, don't give me, I'll, I could talk about that for hours. Uh, clearly. You know, and you we know, have. You know, we have. We Wait, have. so, you know, the thing that I love about him, too, is he started one of our sessions one day and, he, and I was venting about something. He said, let me just start with, there's nothing wrong with you. Everybody goes into therapy thinking they're in therapy because something is wrong with them. And so as I started talking through what I saw as problematic, because I had people on social media telling me this or that, because you know, social media will start to shape how you see yourself. Um, and I think that was probably one of my challenges with self-love too. Have you ever struggled with that? Yeah, yeah, all the time. I used to like, for, for many years, I mean, even through childhood, all, like 
anything people would say about me, that's I took that on. Like they used to always be like, you stupid, you so stupid, you stupid as hell, you dumb, you stupid, you stupid. And so I thought I was stupid. I thought I was incapable of learning. I thought I was stupid. But this is when you were younger or famous? When I was both? younger, okay. when I was younger, right? And then I got older and I realized, oh, they meant that I was funny. Mm. And I'm being silly, mm. okay? So like words are really important. So as I get older and then social media explodes and people are saying what they need to say, what they feel like they need to say, what you don't need to say. I mean, sometimes you guys share thoughts, people share their thoughts and it's like, you might as well just go ahead and put your asshole in the damn comments because <laughs> I don't care. I don't care no more, but I used to care. Mm -hmm. I used to care and I used to be like, oh, okay. I used to think of everything as constructive criticism. Like if somebody has something to say, no negative, matter how nasty it was, no matter how nasty, how mean, and it will hurt my feelings sometimes. But I'm like, okay, well, this, I'm, they're feeling something. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm being effective. They're writing about me. But when you've seen people and, online say Tiffany Hash isn't funny, but yet you're doing tours, specials, movies, and selling out. But are you, are you, is, are you absorbing that and listening to it? Well, I know th this is what I'm absorbing. I'm not for everybody. Mm. Just like everybody ain't for me. That part. Like, I'm funny. If I'm not funny to you, cool. I'm not supposed to be funny to you. You're not the person paying my bills. Mm -hmm. You're not the studio executive. You're not the theater. You're not the promoter. Mm -hmm. Even if the promoter don't think I'm funny, but I'm selling out seats, they want to do business with me, mm -hmm. right? And I don't need everybody to think I'm funny because I'm not funny all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm a human. Sometimes I'm going to be funny. Sometimes I'm not going to be funny. Sometimes I'm going to be happy. Sometimes I'm going to be down. I don't need to... I don't need it's some stranger's validation on if I'm talented or not. I know that I'm funny. I have survived this life mm -hmm, mm -hmm. through being funny. Mm -hmm. I have gotten out of getting my ass beat by fucking big ass body bitches <laughs> by being funny. Yeah. So you can't sit here and tell me I'm not. Right, you right, don't right. know me. You're not with me every day. Maybe you didn't like that piece of art that I did. That's okay. That's okay. That's your opinion. You got an asshole. And you got to wipe it just like I got to wipe mine. And I'm not about to wipe yours. Well, where does that confidence come from? Because I think that's one it's of the... It's not confidence. It's, it's courage. It's mm -hmm. courageousness. It's, it's like confidence. No, I'm, I'm courageous. Mm -hmm. I'm willing. I'm daring to make mistakes. You know, you never grow. You never advance in life if you don't fall sometimes. Mm -hmm. If you don't make mistakes. If you don't learn, if you don't learn what not to do. You're going to keep doing it. Like that's it. an important part of the process, failing. Yeah, when and, you learn yeah. to walk, you fall every yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a part of the process. You know what it feels like to fall. You know what it, okay, let, this is what it feels like to stand straight. Like, I need to be doing this. So it's like, I need to make those mistakes. But everybody don't get up, though. Mm, they, mm, that's them. They lazy. <laughs> Facts. Lazy ass Because I feel like what... <laughs> Because I feel like whatever it is you're chasing, whether it's a person, love, whether it's happiness, whether it's finding out what mental health you need to address or a career, it's how bad do you want it? Like, yeah. how bad do you want it? I want it real bad. Yeah. I will outwork you. It's certain things I want, and it's not necessarily for me, mm -hmm. right? Like, I do things. I used to operate out of a place like, oh, I want to meet my daddy, so I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be real good, and then my daddy going to see me, he's going to be so proud, and, you know, my ancestors, everybody going to be so proud. Like, that's how I used to operate out of that, and then my daddy died. So now what am I doing it for? Now, my family, I want them to be good. Then I'm like, I'm looking at my community. I want my community to be good. So everybody in the community ain't going to be, like, happy to see me win. Everybody in my family ain't going to be happy to see me win. And I don't care. Mm. I know what I'm doing. And I'm doing it for not to be like, look at me, look what I did. I'm doing it because I just want to make sure it's better than when I came here. Mm -hmm. 
when I leave this planet, it's gonna be a little bit better. It's probably gonna be shittier in some places where most of those assholes is at talking shit. That's where it's gonna be shittier. But where I'm at, it's gonna be better. When I step in, it's gonna be better. Have you ever went on a date with John Mayer? Who's that? The, uh, oh, the singer? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm only saying that jokingly because she did this set. I think I may have talked about it in one of our other interviews. Y'all had a chemistry, you, him, and Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. That literally, that could have just been a tour, the three of y'all. It could have. It definitely could have. But he gave you um, good dating advice. Yeah, he gave me some really good dating advice. Well, no, I don't know about dating advice, but if you want to date somebody that's a celebrity. That's dating advice. He said, if you want to date somebody that's a celebrity and you haven't met them yet and you can't get their number and get to them, just get um, uh, somebody that you know that's a reporter to put a picture of you and that person together and say, rumored to be dating or seeing each other. And then they'll call, they'll contact you. Okay, give me a name. Just give me a name of anybody that you think is cute. I forgot the dude's last name. Matthew? Oh, he's on my friend's Instagram. Hold on a second. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The former baseball player? Uh-huh. I think he cute. So, he's so fine, though. That's so we should, well, now that I've revealed the secret, if I post it, they're not going to believe me. But either way, it will still get the attention. Then you get the phone call, you get the date. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, then you told me to, like, go around another way. So I'm running around another way. Now he's coming to my show. What's the other way? You call Chris? Uh, I made, no, I called like two other people that work. And they set it up. Mm-hmm. He's good looking though. Mm-hmm. But you did promise me you would give me a kid. So you have to, so let me ask you a question because I had Cardi B here. She's already said she'll be my kid's godmother. Mm-hmm. You said you would give me a kid. Are you serious about that? Yeah. We could have a kid. I wanted to talk to you about the cost of, because I said I wanted to do it the old fashioned way. You said no. no. So I wanted to talk to you about the cost. The old fashioned way. What is the old fashioned It's been know, so long. You know, we got to do the hoochie coochie. Wait. I don't like that word. Okay, we gotta Not do the, we gotta we gotta Hoochie. do the pound pound. Okay, wait. So here's the deal. My the penis nasty. and I had an agreement like back when I was 19 that we were vacating that world. And mm-hmm. since then, we've like it's sort of like my my mother. We mm-hmm. just packed up and left and never came back. Right. So um, that wasn't funny, right? It is kind of oh, funny. Mom's but dead, it... so, hey, mom. Uh, but no, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I, after I walked away from vagina, I just like it was like that STDs, um, pain, sorrow, shooting, violence, drugs. Like I don't want to be around none of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I still want a kid. Why but, do I have to do it the traditional way? Can't we just like put it in a jar and go in a room and give it to somebody or something? I don't know. We could do that. So you gonna pay for that? Yeah, it's like okay. what, like thirty thousand or something like that. It's expensive. Yeah, and well, then I gotta inject myself like every day. They got you're harvest. not going to do it. You're, it's not like you'll get a turkey baster and like. No, I got to inject myself with hormones oh, to make eggs drop. Oh, really? And they will harvest the eggs. They'll put your sperm with my eggs. And then this we is can, a lot of science. And we can see which ones is going to be girls, which ones is going to be boys. Yes. And then they're going to put them back in. And we can pick out which ones we want. Do you, so we could design the baby too? Yeah, we could design it. No, this is. I don't know if you could design it, but you definitely can. They'll definitely tell you if it has like any, like if it has, you know, any kind of like Down syndrome or any kind of like handicap getting ready to come through. They'll be able to detect it before they implant it. Tiffany, like if this are you sure they can do that? That's what the man told me on the phone. I did the research for us. Did you really? Yes. Okay, but because I'm getting older, I got so many eggs left. Okay, but here's the only issue that I have. Like, okay. I would then be, I wouldn't be Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked. I would be Tiffany Hash's baby daddy. 
That that's how they would introduce me at places like. No. Yes, they would. Well, we could we could. Because uh, you're definitely like. Well, we could get a trust. Okay. We could build a trust together, okay. right, with our baby in it. Okay. How does that work? Uh, a trust fund. Oh, okay. okay cool. Yeah, we get a lawyer to build us a trust together. Okay. Our baby's name so in it. So the baby's gonna be Jewish and Pentecostal. You Pentecostal? Yes. I don't even know. Roll around on I the ground, would... get dirty, uh, Pentecostal. What? Shout yam la la We don't want to go to church with you one time. <laughs> you never wanna... been to a Pentecostal church? Yeah. Nah, not, oh, that, I can, baby. not that I could think when of. When you go in there, you're going to think it's an exorcism coming out the altar. I have been, be in, I've been in Baptist churches and they've been speaking in tongues and jumping around and all that stuff. Yeah, but Baptists are like, no, I ain't about to disrespect Baptist community. Y'all are out there jumping for Jesus too, but not like Pentecostals. You need to go to... You ain't never been to a Church and God of Christ church, Pentecostal Christian, Karen Clark Sheard. She's the first mother of the Kojic. I might have been, but don't remember that in particular, but I would love to go with you. Okay. We should go together, especially we should... if we're going to be raising kids together. And then you need to come with me to Temple. Okay, now that's the thing that I was talking to my friends about. I was like, okay, if me and Tiffany have a kid, this kid, like religion something you have to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Because the kid is going to be Jewish. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. And Jewish is a religion. Yeah. Jewish is a religion, right? It's 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 well it's a it's a DNA. I, okay. So they that regardless. And then there's then there's the religion, the religion. of the Jewish community, yeah. right. And mm -hmm. then there's the niggas. At the Pentecostals. There's niggas. I heard church the Pentecostals are all black. It's everybody in there black rolling around. It's it's something but to I see. I saw and a great music program too. Oh, okay, okay. But you the the Jews got a great music program as well. Do they? Oh uh, yeah. You know, most of all the prayers is in music. All the prayers you pray, but everything is like is humming singing. or singing. No, like no, him. it's singing. Oh, yeah. But this is see what I love. Like, don't get me started. I might be a little off key, but you know. But this is. Don't 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 get me started. All the prayers. If when you read the Torah, when you read the Torah, everything is musical. This is what I love about Tiffany. Now, I went to her bat mitzvah. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot. I met Billy Crystal at the bat mitzvah. Mm -hmm. I think I told y'all this before, but it was a real thing. And you had done something before with the, um, what's the, what, what did you do before the actual party? Uh, I had the ceremony. Had I had ceremony. the actual bat mitzvah. And that yeah, comedian and I read my that's Torah super portion. funny and super, she has a reckless mouth with the black hair. What's her name? Uh, Sarah Silverman. She was yes. helping you with the process. Yeah, her, her sister is my rabbi. And so she officiated the No, this whole, was a real thing. Yeah, this is a whole thing. Yeah, this I got not, a certificate not, and all that. This was yeah. not just for like show and tell. Yeah. They had candles burning. Yeah, yeah. They brought you in on the chair or perhaps they carried you. No, when I walked in and then they brought the chair up and then they picked me it up. Was a, and they, it was a on thing. The grand, yeah, and then everybody did the horror. And, but this is what yeah. I love about the conversation we're having because I feel like right now in the world we live in and we saw what Ye went through and all that. There's an intersection with the Jewish community and the black community that's we all have very much similarities and backgrounds and struggles and experiences and love for God and love for life and love for community that somehow that intersection is across. And I feel like that experience I went through with you and you are the intersection. So well, how do we get how do we get us all closer together? We can commune like that. Well, we need to talk about the history of blacks and Jews. Like when it came to civil rights, it was the Jewish people that was funding that. It was Jewish rabbis that were getting arrested right along with Martin Luther King. But nobody wants to talk about that part. And it's like they, they keep the they keep the black people ignorant. The Jews know about it, but they, and they want to talk about it. But it's like it's not for some reason it's being removed from the narrative because what happens with those two parties come together? 
crazy power. Right? Yeah. Superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Superpowers. Mm-hmm. So how can we keep them divided? Mm-hmm. So let's create some controversy. Let's create some this. I just I literally just watched a documentary that this nonprofit organization put together, and we were sitting there talking. And uh, I want to say his name is uh, uh, Dr. Clip, not Clifton. Uh, Maybe it is Clifton. I can't remember the man's name right now, but he's 92 years old. He was Martin Luther King's lawyer, still alive, still talking about everything King was trying to do, talking about how we've moved forward and how we've taken steps back, what, how like how close they were to because the, the Jewish community they was coming. My rabbi, Rabbi Yoshi, he goes to the he goes to the Baptist church in Compton and like helps them, and, and that and that pastor comes to um, Stephen S. White's temple and teach like it's it's a community. Why do but, you think those stories never get told? Because then how are you gonna control the people? Mm-hmm. How are we gonna control the narrative? Mm-hmm. And let's keep them ignorant and let's keep them thinking these people have this over here and you not you never gonna get it. Mm-hmm. But I've never felt inferior to any group of people because like my dream is my dream and I'm gonna work hard to get my dream. Right. I I don't know what where this whole narrative comes that we're inferior as black people because of Jewish people or Jewish people like that is just nonsense to me. It's complete nonsense. But if you look at like how media is put out there and it's crazy because it's like a lot of the, the media outlets they are Jewish owned mm-hmm. or Jew- Jewish board members on there. So you would think that they would be like, hey, that's not cool, that's not, that's not okay. But then they might not even be paying attention. Mm-hmm. It's so funny cause like, I was talking to this one dude that's very ingratiated in the, you know, in the Jewish community. And he's saying, oh, black people this and black people that. And I'm like, no, we don't, no, we don't. And I'm like, where are you getting this from? He was like, oh, I read about it in the paper. I'm like, but are you watching, like, are you, are you watching what you guys are putting out? And then I was like, made him come over to the hood, made him walk with me around the block, introduced him to a bunch of kids. And so he was like, oh, damn. Oh, it's not like what I thought it was. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. And sometimes you need to see for yourself with your own eyes. But if they're not really paying attention, like really looking at like what we are doing, like, Pay attention to the to the real leaders in the community. Mm-hmm. See what they're doing, what they're talking about. This is what's really happening mm-hmm. in the community. Um, but we also got to come out of our community to see what they're doing. And exactly. I, and, I, and I think the example of being able to bring them in and have a conversation and educate them instead of it becoming a fight or I'm better than you. Because, like, honestly, I will say that when I first started Hollywood Unlocked, one of the first group of people to help me were Jewish folks. And mm-hmm. when they brought me, they would they would bring me to meetings at dinner though. So it was like, come and sit down and commune with us. What do you need? Oh, you don't have a car. They actually bought me a car. And I, had ne- I mean, I was blown away by the level of support and lack of asking for anything really. And I just feel like somehow we have to find a way to get back together. Maybe it's that, maybe that's the yeah, example. But that's the whole point of, of, of the Jewish community anyways. Like, to give, to be a mensch to someone, to be of service, to help others, right? And especially if it's somebody that's pushing an agenda that you believe in, that you agree with, that you think is gonna move the needle forward to better the people, right? Um, but also you're not supposed to be like associating outside, but you can associate outside if it's gonna better your people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And we are a part of the people. Mm-hmm. We just, a lot of people don't know. I want to talk about something else real quick. We talked earlier about foster care and our upbringing. Uh, we were on a plane somewhere and you talked about never going to prom. You asked me I had never gone to prom because my girlfriend wouldn't let me take my boyfriend. Um, then you talked about other celebrities that hadn't been to prom. And then you said we should have a prom to raise money to help foster kids. And then we kind of kikied about it and then you did it. 
Yes, Paris Hilton. We was at this a fashion award show and we were there and everybody was dressed up real nice. I said, dang, everybody dressed up like they in prom or something. Like we all going to prom. This is cute. And Paris said, oh, I wish I would have went to prom. I'm like, what do you mean you wish you would have went to prom? And she's like, I've never been to prom. I ne I've never been. I was like, what? What do you mean you've never been? You're Paris Hilton. You never went to somebody's prom? She's like, never. Never. The school I went to, I couldn't go. And then that's when she started telling me about the school and stuff that she was in, what she'd been through. And I was like, damn, girl, you a foster kid like yep. me, basically. So Paris Hilton's family sent her to a boarding school for years. And and so she didn't have the experience. But when you look at Paris Hilton as a heiress, a princess, and, you know, simple life, all that, you think she just comes for money. She's always had it well. Mm -hmm. and but but she, she was, was in this story. boarding school that was operating like a group home, mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit worse. So she was telling me all about that, and I was just like, dang, girl, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So then I talked to you, and I was like, no, I had talked to like two or three more celebrities that grew up in it, and they were all saying they never got to go to prom. And then I was talking to some producers about it, and they were saying that they never went to prom. So then when we were on the plane, I'm like, yeah, you ever go to prom, blah, 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 because I went to three. And you was like, no, I've never gone because my girlfriend wouldn't let me take my boyfriend and da, 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 da. And then I was like, we should throw a prom. We should throw a prom. And then I talked to Snoop about it, and Snoop was like, yo, if you throw a prom, I'm going to be there for sure. But like, this is her just throwing out we should do a prom. And then what? I do the prom. And we raised like we almost it's almost four hundred thousand. You raised a lot of money, but you had yeah. a lot of good people show up and support. You honor me, which I want to say publicly. Thank you. You gave me the hero award. You are my hero. Well, you're my hero. That was Johnny. Quit being emotional. Thank you. No, it was such a good night, but it wasn't just like a party in a room. You actually did the damn thing. Like it was beautifully put together. The music. T um, uh, Paris Hilton performed. I mean, she DJed. Snoop performed. Now I remember when you introduced Paris. You said, uh, Paris, she understands our struggle. And I remember looking at you and going, what struggle she know? And you on the mic clarified that she went through her stuff too. And I think oftentimes we could look at somebody and judge them not knowing their past. Not knowing what they've been through, how they, how they struggle to get to where they're at. If you notice, like Paris works hard. Mm -hmm. She works a lot. She doesn't have to do none of the stuff she do. But she knows that if she does this, this will help others too. Mm -hmm. They'll make these people make money, this person make money. And she's like, I'm going to create my own. And she's creating pathways for others to, to have. But what I love is like the point you're making. She doesn't have to help, but she chooses to use her experience in the past to actually help other causes. No, it was a great night. One thing that I noticed that night, though, was that one of your friends who always shows up and supports you, Jimmy Kimmel, he was there. I didn't get a chance to talk to him that night, but I did want to, I was going to go find him and just say, like, I really see you everywhere that she does something where your presence matters, you show up. How did that relationship develop? And I mean, I'm sure that's something you noticed too. Yeah, well, I was trying to see where he was, trying to meet him and stuff. And then finally I did Girls Trip and I got to be on the show. They let me be on the show and I was like, oh, this is great. So I do the interview with him and I tell a story about the Swamp Tour and all that stuff. And he, like when it cuts a commercial break, he goes like, that's absolutely the best interview. That was the best ever. That was the best. And I was like, wow, thank you. And then I'm like, will you be my friend? <laughs> You just asked him. I just asked him, will you be my friend? And he was like, I would love to be your friend. 
And so we exchanged numbers and then like um, he would invite me to little things, little functions and, and I'd invite him to stuff. And I came up to like, uh, they had like a party at some like arcade place and I came up there and I was telling him about my bar mitzvah. And he was like, yeah, but I said, no, I'm throwing a bar mitzvah. You have to come, you have to come. Bring all these guys, you guys have to come. And he was like, Tiffany, you're hilarious. So you're doing a bar mitzvah themed birthday party. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> it's not a theme. It is my bat mitzvah. This is my event. This is my thing. And um, he was like, yeah, sure. Okay, okay. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. So then uh, he, I tell his publicist, we have the same publicist. I tell him, like, make sure he knows where it's at, that he comes through. And so he shows up, and he's, like, in a windbreaker and some jeans. Oh, yeah, we were all in suits like little, and dressed yeah, up. And he, he, he looked like, real comfortable. He was like, uh, <laughs> what the heck? What is this? Uh, Tiffany, this is a real bat mitzvah. I was like, I told you, I'm really having a bat mitzvah. Like, I'm not a liar. And ever since then, like, we've just been supporting each other. He asked me to come to something, I'll show up. You know, if I can be somewhere for him, I'm going to be there. If he needs a video, whatever, like, I'm going to show up. And he shows up for me, too. But I just, it was, it was very noticeable how he showed up and supported you. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that was noticeable was, I didn't see all the black folks we know that could have showed up and should have showed up. And I've been very clear saying that, and I know you're so grounded in blackness and culture and all that, and this is, these are my opinions. I've said that we as black people have to start striving for greatness and moving the culture forward when it's important, not just when it validates mainstream or other people's agenda. Mm -hmm. Where is all the black folks when we need them? Um. I don't know. Did you invite them? Oh, well, I invited a lot of them. I invited all of them. Really? I invited all the ones I know, all the ones on my phone I sent the invitation to. Mm. And, I, and I got, oh, I'm going to come, or I can't make it, so I'm going to make a donation. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And they ain't made no donations. Really? But I, I see where I stand. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you see where you stand with people. It's like, I'm not asking you to do this for me in particular. I'm asking you to do this for these foster youth. I'm asking you to do this for our future, not necessarily for me in particular, but if you want to count this as a favor, when I have showed up, it, it kind of hurt a little bit. Not that much, though, because it was still a beautiful thing. It was amazing. But it did hurt a little bit because it's like all these people that they always asking me for favors, always asking me to do this, asking me to do that. And I will make space to look out for my people. Like, if you're black and you ask me something, I'm, I'm going to try my best to do it. Like, I asked and, Tiffany to host the Hollywood Unlocked. And I want to just go through this. And this is where one thing that I'm dealing with in therapy that you may not know. I say something, Dr. Ellis says, ask Tiffany. And I always say to him, I'm tired of asking Tiffany to show up and support me because you always do. Always. Like, there are times I have to tell you no, or you'd be like, why you didn't ask me? The Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards, which we brought back to life last year, Tiffany offered to host hosted it. She had to fly out literally right after it was done to get to the East Coast to do uh, this major book thing with the li Library of Congress, or all these librarians. Yeah. She was meeting mm -hmm. with librarians. The Library Association. When a young girl was murdered in Stockton, California, back home, Lala, she was killed at her high school, high school that I worked at and went to. I went home to go talk to the whole school, and Tiffany was like, I want to go. Got on a jet, canceled her whole day, went there, met with all these kids, spoke to all these kids, went to the group home that I grew up in. I mean, like, you constantly show up for people. And this is the thing I think that makes you great. You don't get angry the way I would if I always showed up for somebody and then they don't show up for you. That's okay if they don't show up for me, though. It's okay. I but just know not okay? to show up. I just know not to show up like I've been showing up, mm -hmm. right? Or I know that they were really using me, and God's going to bring somebody else that's going to show up for me. Mm -hmm. 
if they don't show up for me, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You didn't show up when you said you would, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Cause somebody else showed up. Look at it, it was only supposed to be 200 people there. It was like 289, 300 people at that prom. But it so, was also quality, it was quality. People yeah. who came for the purpose of supporting the She Ready Foundation and foster youth and, and donating yeah. money, lots of money. Yeah, cause I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And the people that I associate with, that I try my best to associate with and look out for are good people. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know my team is always like, you don't have to be doing favors for everybody. You don't have to do stuff for these people. Like, this is not going to, this is, how is this going to advance you? Mm-hmm. And I'm not worried about advancing me. Mm-hmm. God got me. Mm-hmm. Like, but I feel it in my heart to help this person. I feel it. And I want to. Mm-hmm. And if I want to, even if I'm like, oh, I'm tired, but I want to be of service. So I'm going to. Some people I don't feel that way for. I don't want to help them. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. And I won't. Mm-hmm. I won't. I'll be like, dang, that... I would love to, but unfortunately, I'm not available. I'm out of town. Wish I could. And some motherfuckers, I just be like, I would never do nothing for you. Why are you even asking me? Right. You're mean. You're nasty. Right. You've been saying nasty shit about me. But you say that to You won't say I that to them. I say that to people. To face. their face? To their face. What, but what's their reaction? To their face. They're like, oh, what? I, Tiffany, that was just me trying to be. No, you're nasty. You're nasty. They try to take pictures with me. See, fans be thinking they could say whatever about me and like, I'm not going to make no time to go look them up and research and study and <laughs> learn their face and learn all their business. But I do, mm-hmm. mostly on my cycle. I be having downtime and that's the one I'm sitting on the toilet. I be like, oh, let me see where they, oh, who this person? Oh, they want to say this about me? Let me look them up. Okay. You aren't going that deep into social media. Maybe I be in it. And then when they pop up at the Laugh Factory, and then they pop up at the Laugh Factory, or I run into them at the airport, or I happen to be in the grocery store, and they're like, "Oh my God, Tiffany Harris, is that you? Girl, can I get a picture?" And I look at them, I'll be like, "Ain't you Cynthia such and such? Ain't you eight three seven hot girl shit? Ain't you whoop 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 whoop?" And they be like, "Oh, uh, 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 yeah, how you know? Yeah, because I seen what you said. Mm-hmm. Peace be with you, honey. No, I ain't taking no picture with you." You know what? I wish you nothing but happiness and joy. Get out of my face. I've got to go get hit by an ice cream truck today. Because that's what like, you told me to do. Yeah, because that's yeah. what you told me to do. Let me go run out in the streets and see if I can go get lost in traffic. No, why do you want to take a picture with me? I thought you didn't like me. I right. thought you thought I was this. You thought I was that. Well, they thought you weren't funny, but came to the Laugh Factory to watch your set. Came to the Laugh Oh, you not funny. She not funny. But then buy a ticket. Come sit in the show. Kiki laugh, run up on me, try to get a picture. And you think I don't see, I don't see you? Oh, I see you. But I, I think you're hilarious. And of course, the world does because you're extremely successful. But what I love about the conversation today is that people who are out there trying their, to develop their craft or, or finding the courage to like pursue their dreams, the dream that God gave them and that are getting beat up online or beat up by their family, you know, psychologically saying that you're, they're not enough. All you got to do is just keep going. Keep believing in yourself. Keep going and keep believing in yourself. And at the end of the day, if they talking about you, if they tagging your name, that is bringing your numbers up. Your algorithm is rising. Your, what they call it, star meter is rising. Mm-hmm. So while you sitting here talking bad about me and like, I hate her and I wish she was in jail and I wish blah, 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 whatever they got to say, it's cool. Keep talking because you are promoting me. And somebody is like, wait, well, who is this? Let me go look her up. Well, well, I enjoy her. No, I've seen the good stuff she's doing. I know that she's doing. Like, yeah, okay, we all make mistakes, but what? You know, like, it's like, thank you. Now, at at this event, the prom, there were two other people that are Joe Coy. Now, mm-hmm. I've seen you guys 
did this uh, thing out was in Sacramento where you had the whole arena sold out. It was tons of people. Do you prefer, first of all, the relationship with Joe Coy, speak to that. And then the second thing is when you're doing stand-up in arenas like that with him, are you nervous in that setting with like 9, 10, 20,000 people or are you more nervous when there's 200? Well, uh, first of all, Joe Coy and I have known each other since the uh, very early 2000s. When he first moved to L.A., he was uh, performing at the Laugh Factory, and so was I. And we both was broke. We both was struggling. And we used to sit up and talk about our dreams. And he was super funny then, and I was, like, learning how to... The mechanics of it all? I was... I knew the mechanics, but I was learning how to find my voice and how to be comfortable with who I am. Like, just be comfortable. Not necessarily confident, but be comfortable and have the courage to talk about the things that, you know, the average female won't talk about. And so he would always be encouraging me, like, talk about, talk about what you talk about when we eating hot dogs wrapped in bacon. Like, so I used to be so hungry, and I was homeless at the time, and I would wear the same outfit, like, every Thursday, the same outfit every Wednesday, the same. Like, I had this, like this these clothes that I would wear just to perform it. So every time he saw me, he was like, Tiff, you, you gotta get your wardrobe <laughs> together. You wear the same jellies, you wear the same clothes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand. This is this is art. This is art. He's like, no, this is broke. You broke. <laughs> like, like which he was right. He was right. So he would buy me like hot dogs wrapped in bacon and we would sit and talk and stuff and talk about our dreams. And like one day he was like, one day I'm gonna do arenas. And I'm like, one day I'm gonna do big movies and I'm gonna do this to help people. And he's like, I'm gonna do this to help people. And like everything that we would just shout at each other, like go back and forth with. And then he he had a baby. He would bring his son up to the to the comedy club, and while he would be on stage, I would watch his son, and then like pass the son back to him, like and and I watch that little boy grow up. He a grown man now, mm -hmm. and it's just like it blows my mind how long I've known Joe Coy and how he is. Man, he kept me from going to jail. I was about to fight this other comedian because she kept on talking shit about me, and I wasn't I wasn't where I needed who, to who be was mentally. Who was? Anybody we know? I wasn't, no, you don't know it. I wasn't where I needed to be mentally. So, you know, you talking shit about me on stage. Now I'm going up and I'm talking shit about you. And then she yelling stuff at me. And then I'm yelling stuff Wait, back at in her. the same room? Yes, in the same room. We used to say, and it was my show. And then, and you know, then I brought up the next comedian. Well, this is what I Anyway, I brought up the next, I said some funny. Anyway, I brought up the next comedian, came off the stage, and I started taking my ponytail off, taking my earrings off. And it was Joe Coy and Ruben Paul that kept me from thoroughly beating this bitch's ass. Because I was ready to go to jail. Because I was sick of it. She had been picking on me for a year. And I was sick of it. I was tired of it. I'm like, I'm not going to let you talk to me like this no more. Not in my, not in my face. You want to talk shit? Go talk shit behind my back. Go online and talk shit. But you want to do it in my face? Well, I'm finna get up in your face too. South Central. All day. All day. I popped off my nails. Like, I was ready. You took the Lee, pre the Lee Unpressed? I popped off my nails. I was ready to mollywop this woman up and down Sunset Boulevard. And those two comedians, Joe Coy and Ruben Paul, snatched me up and kept me up off her. I believe Tony Rock pushed her out the building or whatever. And, um, yeah, they kept me from going to jail. And the, and the owner was like, if you would have fought her, you would be banned. You would be this. You wouldn't be able to do Like, And I did not. I care in the moment because I was sick and tired of her picking on me. But after she saw how I was really coming for her ass, like I was gonna whoop her, I was ready to whoop her. And, I, and they was like, oh, nigga, you strong, you strong. Like, <laughs> like Ruben Paul was like, dang, you strong. Calm down, Tiffany. I was like, nah, I'm gonna fuck this I was so. I've never seen you that man. I was so pissed. But you keep picking on me, yeah. you keep keep on messing with me. Sometimes I'm gonna be sometimes nice. Sometimes you gotta beat up the bully. One and time. Then, yeah, and then I'm gonna have to get you. And yeah. ever since then, she's been the nicest to me. We've been friends ever since. Since. It's been like 14 years. We've been 
cool ever since she respect, respectfully, hey Tiffany, how you doing? I'm just calling you respectfully and just want to tell you I'm proud of you. And I'm just, I love your growth. I love the maturity. I love what you're doing. Like, and I'm like, thank you. Bye. Now, I didn't know, well, that will, uh, thank you, Joe, for saving her from beating the mo Molly whopping her ass. Now, I haven't heard Molly whopping so long. Now, you know that's when you're going to get your ass whooped with somebody Molly whop you. But Joe Coy was there. I don't know. He gave thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was this white man who was super famous that I didn't know running around with no shirt on. Bert Kreischer. So these are two I didn't even know how two. big he, I didn't even know how big he these was. These are my brothers. Everybody at my table was like, do you know who that is? I'm like. He the man. No, I he don't. the man. And these he, are my that's brothers. What I heard. These are my brothers. Like so, Joe Coy. He's like calling me. Like Tiff, do you want to do this arena with me? It's twenty thousand seats, sold out, sold out. That I'm doing this arena, that arena. And he would call me like the week before. I'm like, why don't you call me like a month and a half? Tell me. He was like, well, just anything you want to do with me, Tiffany, you can get on it. And I remember the first time I did it with them was at the forum, and it was like eight thousand seats, seven thousand seats, sold out. And he was like, you want to come on? And I was like, sure. And I was like, dang, I don't know if my comedy is going to register in a room that big. And I came out. And was I nervous? No. But I was just like, this is probably going to go womp, womp, womp. And it'll be 7,000 people talking shit about me online. <laughs> but it actually went really great. Wait, not you played off 7,000 people could laugh at me. That would, just, that would be done. Really? Me? No. Absolutely. But if 7,000 people talk shit about you, do you know how many more people going to research you and fall in love? Well, that's true. That's I, okay. I didn't think about it like that. There's going to be so much, so many more people. Think about like when I bombed it in Miami. Hilarious. Right? Bombed. Hard. Hilarious. Ate, it, ate, ate a bag. Right? And then they talked about that for a week. Yeah. Like it was the only thing that happened on New Year's. Like out of all the whole wide world, everything else going on in the world, they talked about that. I, I laughed at how surprised you were that you were that famous. I had no clue. Like, because it kept going on and on and on. Like, I was every like, day. Is this, are they still talking about this? Right. Y'all still talking? I, I, I said I was sorry. It's never going to happen again. Y'all still talking about this? Yeah, I was Googling it every day in Miami to see if they were still talking about it, and they still were. When you get on the phone, you were like, I can't believe this is still a thing. But it was like, it was horrible. But at the same time, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it introduced so many more people to me. So many more people fell in love. I went from like three million. I, I think I only had, because that was 2018 into 2019, uh -huh, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. Girls Trip had uh -huh. just came out mm -hmm. and I had made like two million followers. Then I was almost to three million. And it went from that, like within three months, I had oh, another two million followers. So while people were laughing at you and making it a mockery, it was introducing a whole new market a whole to you. New, a whole new market, internationally. Mm. International news, okay? They talking about it in Africa, <laughs> CNN. That's how you know you made it. When you make a mistake and they talking about it on CNN in Africa. Yeah, like when I killed the queen. They talked about it all around the, the world. The Chinese were talking about it. I was like, damn, I didn't even know y'all knew her like that. But they know you now. They know me now. Mm -hmm. But that but that lesson, I, I think, you know, it, it's to your point, like, yeah, it hurts when you're going through it, but you go through it. And when you come through, you better than you were before. Exactly. And you need to be strong enough to handle the weight that's going to be put upon you. Like uh, what they say, heavy is the head that wears a crown, right? right? right the right. crown ain't necessarily light and your neck need to be strong enough and you need to be able to maintain that swivel to keep that crown on.
So you had your crown on at the prom and you auctioned off the painting that Common made for you. He didn't make that painting for me. Uh, did he paint that for you? No, he didn't paint that for me. Did so he? we went to a painting class together. It was our first day in California. But it was an experience you shared with him that you now yeah, made some money Yeah, he painted one and I painted one. I think he just gave his away, just gave it to Goodwill or something. And I went ahead and made some money for the kids off of it. But what made you auction that off for charity? Well, I didn't want it in my house anymore. And I'm like, you know, that part of my life is over. Yeah. And I thought it was very good. I felt like it was great art. So then I was like, let me auction it. I had already auctioned off another painting that I did a few years back at Miss um, Tina Knowles event at the Wearable Art Gala, and mm -hmm. it made like $16,000. So I'm like, if that one made $16,000 for that charity, what will this one make for my charity? Mm -hmm. And we made like 10000 so I was pretty happy with that. Now, so when you look at the event and you look at how successful it was and the Snoops and the Parises and me and everybody else, just your friends, your family, your best friends were there. When you walked away, what did you feel? When I walked away, I felt, I felt accomplished. I felt like uh, I did a good deed for others. Like when you think about that event, like everyone that worked on that event, all the people that we hired was all BIPOC. Mm -hmm. It was all by black owned, Hispanic, you know, like, minority businesses every from top to bottom from the decorations the food the tables the everything was BIPOC and that to me felt really good so we spent money to do this event but that money went right back into our community mm -hmm. right and so to me that was super huge to have it where we had it we had it at the Sola Beehive and to, to have which it is, there which is in the community and i know how yeah. how intentionally black you are and like how intentional you are about making sure that we're investing in the communities that we live in and that we grew up in and and the way you created that was just so beautifully done right well, there. it wasn't about being and everybody working it was black yeah and it wasn't about me being intentionally black that was about me sharing my environment with the people that i know that don't go over there mm -hmm. you know i go to all these different charity fundraisers and events and they're always at the beverly hills hilton or somewhere in bel-air uh, excuse me that's what my like award that. show is i know i know but that's an award show this is different <laughs> but like we go to all these things, they're helping inner city youth in Beverly Hills, and the inner city youth always have to come over there. No, make these people come to the inner city so they see where their money is going, mm -hmm. so they can see why they should invest, why they should put up a little something to change these. A little bit of money can change somebody's whole mm -hmm. existence. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of money could be 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. And they may have not even knew that venue was there as beautiful as it is to be able right. to use for their events. Right. Yeah. And now and, and now that business is like growing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm just so proud of that, that whole place, what they do for kids there. Mm -hmm. Like they teach the kids computer programming and video gaming, how to make the games. Mm -hmm. uh, they teach them graphic designs, all this stuff. So by the time they get to college, they are already experts. Mm -hmm. You know, they're already experts. And this is inner city youth and not just Hispanic kids, not just black kids, but kids that work, that live in that community. But when you when you see that and like I've went in your world at that prom, I will say there were more rich white people mm -hmm. there to support you than there were black folks. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who is so pro black and so pro supportive of the community, do you one thing I struggle with is sometimes the lack of support I feel like I get. Mm -hmm. Do you ever look at it and understand, how do you rationalize it? Like, where do you sit with that? Because you've read, because Girl Strip was for black women in a movie that was made by a black man, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but you reached international success. 
and the black folks loved you and the white folks loved you, but now it seems like you have so much more white fame and support than black fame and support. Am I seeing that wrong or thinking that wrong or am I just looking at the industry? I think you're just looking at that room mm -hmm. and maybe, I mean, and maybe if you, you know what? Cause I've been selling out comedy shows all over lately. Um, which well, I've been doing that for kind of some years now and I sell out my shows and my shows sell out pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it be, it do be a lot more white people there than it do black people. In the beginning of my career, I'm, I'm not even say the beginning of my career, because in the beginning of my career it was always white people there and black people weren't showing up. I couldn't even do the like I want to do like chocolate Sundays or do the do the do the black nights and they wouldn't barely let me on to the black nights. And not till I got my own room and I started booking other black comics to do my room, then I could start doing it. It was the your other set, room. it was your thing. It was my thing. Mm -hmm. And then I was booking other black comics and then they were telling the promoters that for the uh, the black rooms, like, you need to book Tiffany, Tiffany's funny, like we should get Tiffany on, we should get Tiffany. So, and then I could start doing like the, the blacker rooms, but um, white people was always there from the beginning mm -hmm. and they buy their tickets the fastest. Mm -hmm. So then they sell out, like if they find out I'm going up, sold out and then it's, then I get all these messages from all these black people like, I wanted to go, I want to go, do you have any spare tickets? Can I buy your spare tickets? Can I blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, why didn't you go, why didn't you buy the ticket when I announced it? I announced it on the first and the 15th. Mm -hmm. When people get their check. Come on. But see, and one of the things, and see, one of the one of the things that Laverne Cox was here talking about was white fame and like how she is, you know, she's had a lot of success with in the white world, but then like in the urban or hip hop or in like culture, it's been difficult. Where I feel like you have both, but it seems like I don't know. It just seems like the 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 white folks really show up and support you now in those rooms. Yeah. But also, like, um, it was a thousand dollars a ticket to come to. But you the give prom. a million percent of love and support to everybody. Thousand dollars. Yeah, but then you know, maybe maybe these rich black folks, they maybe they're not really rich. Mm. Mm. Maybe they're not really rich, or maybe they really they didn't realize that. Maybe they thought, oh, Tiffany's so ghetto, it's gonna be super ghetto. I don't want to go. And they don't realize that I throw very classy, sophisticated, fun events. I was, I was events. in a tux. We were dressed. V very fun, classy, sophisticated events where you still can have a great time. When you came to my bat mitzvah, it was a nice, healthy mix of both. At the SLS Hotel. Because I've always been involved with both. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, oh, I'm just black or I'm just Jewish or I'm just dealing with white folks. I deal with all people, mm -hmm. black, Hispanic, Asian, white, Jewish, Middle Eastern. It does not matter to me. You Gay, are human. Straight, yeah. It don't matter to yeah, me. Yeah. You would start, you was born a girl. Now you a boy. You was born a boy. Now you don't matter to me. You a human. Mm -hmm. I fucks with humans, mm -hmm. period. I want to see all of us do well. Mm -hmm. I want to see all of us achieve greatness. Mm -hmm. We not all gonna do it though. But this is what I think you did, what Queen Latifah said to me a long time ago. She said, when I started my career, she said, get the culture behind you and then take them on a journey. I feel like you did that. You take, you've taken everybody on a journey, but we have to stop feeling like we can't show up when the rooms don't always look just like us. Like we have to learn how to integrate in the rooms to continue to elevate. If, and if it don't look like you, it's you there to teach. You're there to be right, an example right, of how right. good the community is. Right. Don't right. be a standoff bitch in the corner like, oh, there's too many white people in here. I don't want to talk to none of them. I can't relate to none of them. You'd be surprised how much you can relate to them. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised how many of these white people was on Section 8, mm -hmm. was on WIC food stamps and all of that shit, was like, you know, going from foster home to foster home to foster home. I, I met two lawyers that are super duper powerful out here that I would have never thought, ever thought, spent a day in the system. They was in there for 15 years.
but somebody saw him, believed in him, and gave him a chance, and now they're really successful lawyers. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, you never know what somebody go through to get to where they at, till you take your time to look at them in the eyes and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I will have a conversation with anybody mm -hmm. if I'm not eating. If I'm eating, you know how I get. Don't fuck with me when I'm chewing. I think it's when I'm peeing on the toilet, you see me walk into the bathroom, we in public. People see me walk into the bathroom, they try to follow me into the bathroom. They follow me in. I'm peeing, I'm sitting on the toilet. Okay, really squatting over the toilet, doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm over the toilet. And they're like, Tiffany Haddish, is that you? Can I get a picture with you, girl? You know I love you, girl. I'm just steady peeing, I ain't saying nothing. That's when you should just push a fart out. I ain't saying nothing, <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I might have to take a shit. I'll just shit. Don't matter. I'm going to use the bathroom. I'm acting like they not even talking mm -hmm. to me. And then they banging on the door. I know you hear me, girl. I know you hear me. They don't bang on the door. Bang on the door, player. Bang on the door. That's when you should have a little water bottle and just start spraying the floor so they can think you peeing on the floor. Yeah. Nah, then I'll be... be coming out the bathroom. I'm like, hey, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and they be like, what, what? I'm like, can you let me at least finish doing my personal business? Talk to me while I'm washing my hands. Like, you already came in here. Wait a second. Yeah, but you're sitting down. And, and, I, and I heard you trying to inhale when you heard me pass gas. You wanted to smell that haddish fart? I heard you. Okay. I heard you go. Okay, we just had Suki with the good coochie here, and she was telling everybody about farting and shitting on people. We're not, we can't be. I'm not into that. Yeah. I'm not into Because that. that's a little reckless. I do pass gas on penises, though, but I'm not into. You do not pass gas on a penis. Yes, I do. During, not during sex. No, not during sex. Oh. You know how like after sex. No, I don't know. And then no. you cuddle in. No, yes. And they spoon in, they spoon in, right? And they got that thing, thing like right here. You don't like right in here. You don't fart. And, you, and then you kind of relax. And then it's like, oops. No. Sorry, sorry about that. And he'd be like, it's warm, I like it. Most guys say it's warm, they okay. like it. If you have a man who thinks it's cute and warm that you farted on his penis, that's sick. He probably no, cuddles he me. with his dog. No, I don't think he would cuddle with his dog, but I think they love me. Mm. Most of them do. The one thing I would say, you literally, if you're awake, you're working. We always joke about the mantra is, if I'm awake, I'm working. I try to say that I don't work nearly as hard as you. You shot, during a lot of this time period of um, doing tours, doing the She Ready Foundation, doing stand-up comedy, you were also dressed like, what were you dressed like in that Disney project, Haunted? Oh, I was a medium. I was a medium uh, that was inspired by, you know, some of our ancestors and uh, Erica Badu and, and Whoopi out of Ghosts. Like, so, uh, and just to have that, like, you know, I don't know. I, it, it's, a, it's a look. It's definitely a look. And it was not easy to put on every day. So Honda Mansion is a project by Disney where it's a huge, huge project that you were, I think, you're the center of this. whole. Explain what it's about. But you're the center of it all. And it's an all-star cast. I know that the hair and makeup had to take probably three or four hours. I don't know what day to do. Yeah. Because every time I would FaceTime her, she would have different color eyes, nails, wigs, outfits. She looked like her. She had all this jewelry on. You look like a... Is, is, they said gypsy. I can't say gypsy is a bad word. Is that a... Now I'm a play. I'm playing a medium. A medium. Okay. A medium. You, you're Miss Cleo. I'm, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm like a clairvoyant medium, psychic, if you will, able to talk to the dead, able to tell your future, type of thing. Uh, and that's what my character did. She do like you know little spells and stuff. She owns a little shop, and they come to her. But I'm not the center of the movie. You're the center of all the artwork. Yeah, maybe of the artwork because I had the biggest headpiece. But I'm not the center of the movie. The center of the movie is the house. 
Right, but you're the medium that, are you the medium that's guiding everybody through the haunted mansion? You can't tell. This is what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't in the haunted mansion and I you don't know, talk. You, did you go on a ride? No, I don't go on did? rides. What? Now, wait, have I been? No, I don't it's go on It's one ride. of the simplest rides. Okay, so you're a medium. The people that are in there now, Jared Leto, who's probably one of the most beautiful um, Caucasian men I've seen. I'm going to call him Caucasian, Jared. I don't know what you are. You ain't black. But anyway, he's gorgeous. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, who I love and I'm Kills a fan of. She in the movie. She's amazing in the movie. It's so much. I learned so much from her. I, I mean, that woman is a thesaurus of all things good. Oscar winner, Jamie Lee Curtis, Oscar by the way. winner, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how is she to work with? Because I've heard she's, is she, is she easy to work with? Is she difficult to work with? She's iconic. She can be Jamie Lee Curtis. She's easy. She was easy for me. But, you know, like a lot of people that I've worked with that most people say is difficult to work with is easy for me to work with. But that might be because I'm just, like, so genuine and open and honest with them and, like, not um, trying to, like, kiss their butt. I'm just like, what up? What's going on? Let, hey, tell me about what happened with this. Like, I just, like, you know, treat them regular. So in this film, Jamie Lee Curtis... Jared Leto, Lakeith Stanfield, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, and Tiffany Haddish. That's mm -hmm. crazy. That's the all-star line. That's the all-star line. Yeah, and I was hired first, but it's more so about Lakeith's character and the house, and you know what's going on in the house. And then I'm just, you know, I moved the story forward. But I was hired first. How was working with Rosario Dawson? Because I'm a huge fan. Um, Seven Pounds to me is my the, my favorite movie that she's been in. She is the best. I know that if we all went somewhere together, you would fall in love with her, and then I'm gonna be fighting you because you're gonna be trying to get her pregnant instead of me. No, pregnant. no, no, no. We gonna have the baby because, because she not gonna go to the gay club with me like you are. She is gonna go to the gay club. Really? With, yes. We, her and I are the same age. She like to have the same kind of fun I have. She is fun, bro. Rosario she might be a fun. little bit more fun than what I. Rosario. Do but see, she was dating the senator, so I kind of think people who date senators are like. You think senators don't like to have fun? Cory Booker ain't coming with us to the Abbey. I don't care what you say. Mm. Okay, well, listen, I'll give you, you give me one egg. Rosario, you give me the other egg. I'll give you both seven-pound babies. I mean, you know, Will. My baby's going to be like eight to ten. Okay, eight to it's ten. It's going to be a big baby. And look, looking at your head, it's going to have a big old Eight head. to ten pounds, not inches, people. Get your yeah, mind out together. <laughs> okay, so, so now in a movie like that, when you're doing a Disney film, because that Disney is so massive, I don't think it gets any bigger than Disney, right? It, you, it reaches the whole world. That's the whole world, yeah. Does that change how you, like, does that change, does the price go up, up when you're in a Disney project? I mean, the price. It's already it, up. The price is already up. And it, it went up more. So July 28th, it drops. And then at the same time that's dropping, you're in another TV show series back on Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, After Party, season two of the After Party. And you should watch the After Party because you like to solve a little mystery and you love to point fingers, too. No, the only mystery you I'm trying to solve is why me and you are both fabulous and single. Are you single? Because they said you was dating that one actor. What's his name? Which one? What's his name? Oh, Reggie? Yes. You talking about Reggie? Yes. Well, that was me trying to, well, you know, who knows what happened with Reggie? I don't know. Were you trying to be funny and make somebody jealous? I might have been trying to make somebody jealous or trying to track somebody. I might be trying to, uh, you know, bring the boys into the yard or I might just be trying to help Reggie get his numbers up. Or maybe me and Reggie went on a date. We didn't go on a date. But maybe me and Reggie will go on a date. Nobody believed that. Well, it got a lot of likes for him. It did. This is like the most likes he's ever had. Damn, Next Reggie. to the picture of him and his mama. 
Well, they say every man wants a woman like his mom, right? That's what they well, say. Well, I mean, I look just like her. You do not look just like that man's mama. No, because his mom, his mom is white, just like your mom. So in my, you know, LA Magazine cover, my hair looks just like hers. So. How, 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 did, how did you do it? I had a nice little, you know. Swoop. That little bowl cut that go around, <laughs> that little bowl situation around. Okay. I'll show you the picture, it's cute. Listen, um, we have gifts. Oh, really? Can I give you a gift? Can I give you a gift? Okay, cool. It's right there, it's that basket. This basket? Can, you want me to keep picking it up? Wait, it's too far this? back. No, don't touch that. Okay, yet. I won't touch it, okay. I what? can't get up, I can't get it this Okay, yet. I got it, I got it. You I got, got it? it? Okay. I got it, okay. It's this is one. it that one first? Okay, we'll start with that one. Okay. Go ahead and open that. Do you need me to help you with the because you got nail? You got it? I got it. You know. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love this. Me and Christian Louis Bouton. So we had dinner uh, with Christian Louboutin. And let me tell you, Christian is an amazing human being for those of you that never had a chance to meet him. Yes, you got the red bottoms. If you can't afford the red bottoms, you painted some shoes before. Mm-hmm. Christian, I wanted Christian to meet Tiffany because him and I have been talking about you for I don't know how long and then you met. What did you think? I loved him. He's super fun and funny. And, you know, I was trying to pitch that uh, bunion Bhutan. Yeah, tell everybody about um, the conversation in which you tried to pitch Christian Louboutin an idea. So basically, we was, you know, eating dinner, and then I had to run and go do a spot at the same place we was eating dinner. So I did my little stand-up set, and I came back. And at that point, I was like a drink and a half in. And I was like, Christian, let me tell you, we need to do a bunion shoe. Like, you need to do a shoe for bunions. I mean, your shoes already make bunions. How about make a shoe that's comfortable for the bunions? And it could be a really beautiful heel with a little extra space around the bunion portion. And he was like, no, no, no bunion. I'm like, yeah, you can do it. We could call it the the the, the Christian. Uh, the she ready bunion. Yeah, the she ready bunion shoe. <laughs> bunion. No, this was the full pitch that you actually were passionately pitching this man about. And you really believed it. I went back talking to people, women. Mm-hmm. And they about, loved it. No, they, they thought it was an ingenious idea because apparently women be getting bunions. Yeah, we be getting, we be getting bunions from the, what is this? Wait, oh my God, yes! <laughs> Toe spreaders, perfect for the bunion. This is what we need. We need a shoe that can spread keep your going, toes. Keep going through the box. Oh my God. This is, okay. The acrylic paint brush, because I love the paint. This is the, the paint, okay. acrylic paint. So, ah! okay. You found the bunion heel? No. So no. we got you the heel, we got you the bunion stuff, and then we got you the paint. So Christian said no to the shoe. Uh-huh. He told me to let you know that's not going to happen. But I feel like if you actually take your arts and crafts experience and actually make it. I designed it. No. Okay. So look, so after we, that. We can get together. Pitch it, and our kid, but portions of the proceeds can go to our kids' trust. Oh, all of, most of the, but all of my portion will go to the trust, and that's why we got to do a trust. And then what we can do is trust that neither one of us spend that money. No, no we get, do a trust fund, and right. we both over it, and our kid is in it too, okay, right? Okay. And then if we like, and our God, baby's godfather, and our Christian, baby godfather, yes. 
and, and Cardi. And she Cardi. Could be a part of the trust yeah. too. And then bloody like, shoe. Yeah, Cardi. the bloody shoe. Yeah. And then we could buy a building together. Love it. And then that, we, that's we can, and then that'll be the child's inheritance, right? And we'll rent that building out so that it'll be money going into the trust. And if we paint the floor red, we can write it off through the Godfather. Exactly. And Cardi can perform at the grand opening. She can do the bloody shoe. And look, and look, and look, like look, 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 look. And then, so you're not being called. Mr. Haddish, yes. or Tiffany yes. Haddish's yes. baby daddy, yes. I'll legally change my name to Tiffany Lee, right? Right? And it's like we married, but we ain't married. And we'll do power of eternity over the uh, power of attorney, not eternity, but power of attorney. Well, you can't change your last name because then the places I can't get in using your last name. But this will be the same. Right, but what if you're on tour? So we'll be Tiffany and Jason. Haddish Lee. No, Tiffany and Jason Lee. Okay. Jason and Tiffany Haddish. No, because then I'm the bottom. Okay, well, either way, look. So if no, Christian... No, it's you the top. It's your name first, right? Men name first. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you the top. Yes. Okay, yes, I'm the Jason top. Jason and Tiffany Lee. Okay, so... But if we do plan. Jason and Tiffany Haddish Lee, now your last name is Haddish. Lee. Haddishly. But listen, with, I like that Haddishly. That sounds like a product. So with so with Christian, so this is the plan. I'm a Haddishly. So let to me the just store. recap the plan. You're gonna go back. You're gonna design the shoe. I'm gonna design it. I'm gonna now, pitch it. Is this it red to, or is this hot pink? That's 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 the closest red it's we can get to without my baby's godfather suing us. Okay, for infringement. Okay. Then we'll we'll package it up. We'll pitch it to Christian. We'll pitch the godfather thing to him too. We'll put. Cardi in to perform at the mm -hmm. grand opening of the launch of our baby's shoe for the trust. Yeah, but you know, like this Giuseppe I got on right now is more like a bunion shoe. You see how it just has a strap there? Yeah, yeah. And the bunion can be pulled back, or the bunion can be right up in the strap, right? That's more of a bunion. But just remember, shoe. a strap in will feel better than a strap on. Thank you guys so much for watching the Jason Lee show today. Wait, I hope wait, you had wait. It. There's another there's, gift. That basket is a gift. Oh, the basket? Because you have a grocery store that you're building. Facts, 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 Wait, facts. what else is that right there? Is that the lid? Oh, that's, oh, that's the, the lid. lid to the shoebox. No, shoe so no, there's a basket because you're building a grocery store. And you invited me to be a part of this amazing board. She has the smartest people who are a part of... Uh, Diaspora Groceries, do you want to talk about what you're doing? Or what the, the hard work that you do in that? You don't just have a board, you actually show up and you participate and you're driving it and you fought hard to get the space. I don't want to tell the whole thing, but go. Okay, so I had this notion that like, how can I end, like how can I bring the community together? How can I elevate our community? How can I like end all this craziness? And I realized I can't do it by myself. And I'm just like, how can I grow other businesses? Like through finances, because I've been reading these books on money and stuff, I'm like, through money and finance, you can change the whole community, right? So how can I do that? So I was thinking of different ways, and how could I support more businesses, and how could I do this, and how could I do that? And I realized, you know, grocery stores hold thousands of businesses in them. There's thousands of different companies inside of one grocery store. And, you know, I noticed that Michaels and Home Depot, they hold thousands of companies in their buildings too, but they teach people how to use their products and grocery stores don't teach you how to use their products and a lot of the people in my community are dying because they don't even understand how food properly works or, or have access to healthy food. or have access to healthy food and they're or they're just like pulling up to fast food places and feeding their kids and all these kids got diabetes and obesity and all this stuff so how can i get rid of that how can i help fix that 
And I'm like, and then I noticed that in my community alone, in South Central LA, they closed down three different grocery stores and each one served 50,000 people. So now that's 50,000, 150,000 people trying to find somewhere to get healthy food, like to get food. And then, and then I found out that like South Central is redlined, wherever there's a, uh, that's why it's super important to do the census. And uh, because when you do the census, they decide like, okay, there's more un, uh, uneducated black people over here or uneducated Hispanic people over there, but this is the income over here. This is, and they start redlining. They start deciding what food goes where, who gets what. When I bought my house, my first house, when I bought it, I bought it because they told me Trader Joe's was coming. Trader Joe's is still not there. Trader Joe's decided not to go there off of Crenshaw and Martin Luther King. They decided to go to Crench, uh, to USC further down Martin Luther King Boulevard because they wanted to, they only want to be in communities that have a high rate of college educated people. Mm -hmm. And if they can't be in the community where there's a lot of college educated people, they want to be around people that are getting college educated. So they took out one of the, like, I thought it was the best grocery store ever. Maybe it wasn't, I don't know, but it was because it was right by USC. They took that store out and they put in Trader Joe's. And so now you got to go down to Trader Joe's to get some food, which is cool. I ain't mad at that. But all these other stores are shut down and a lot of people in the community can't afford Trader Joe's. They can't afford that kind of food. So I want to create a place that, that you can afford that and that teaches people how food works and that also teaches people how money works. Because for me as an individual, when I understood how food worked and how money worked, I became a more happier, productive human being. And I feel like if you're more happier and productive, then the family will be more happier and productive. And if the family's more happier and productive, the community will be more happier and productive. And then there's less need for police. And that's my way of curing systemic racism. And it creates job opportunity, education. Thousands of jobs. And I love the fact that it's designed infusing technology and all those other things that I never even thought of. And it's so crazy that I think the added value is when people get that experience, like I'm in the experience of, hearing you all developing it and talking how hard you fought to get the space and all that. Oh yeah. Then I go back to my hometown where I grew up on the South side and there's no grocery store there. And you start to look at in communities that look like us where there is no access. So for you to get food, you have to go on the other side of town. Well, Mm. if you don't drive, how do you go and get those groceries? If you can't afford Postmates and in my community where there's not even a lot of Postmates back home in Stockton. Or like Instacart. Right. I was looking to see if there was an Instacart where we were. There was no Instacart. Right, that's what I'm you saying. You can't even, and I'm like, thanks. So Instacart could be providing jobs to people that, that do have a car that can go and get the food for them and bring them the groceries, right? That, that, that could be a job for somebody mm-hmm. instead of them going out and selling drugs, mm-hmm, right? Instead mm-hmm. of like going and, and flocking houses, mm-hmm. robbing houses. They could be like delivering food, right, right. actually bringing healing to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like food is a drug. That's why it's the Food and Drug Administration. And mm-hmm. how, you, how you put the food, how you prepare it, is how your body's going to process it. And it creates all these chemicals and things that happen in your body. And people don't even know about mm-hmm. that. Like, why do you like eating ice cream so much? Mm-hmm. Why does that create so much? Like, you feel so joyous, and then but then your stomach hurts, and then it's like it's like all these different things. You don't even understand the chemistry of food. You just but want why, it. Why does it taste good? Why was it important to develop that in the middle of you building your career and everything too? Like, why is that a priority now? Why not later? Because I'm going to at some point in time not be doing my career. Mm-hmm. I'm at some point in time going to go. Hey, I want to chill. And I would like to be able to just walk down to the street and know that I'm getting the opportunity. If I could walk down the street and know that I have healthy options right down the street from my house, 
that's good for me. Mm -hmm. And I've always been the type of person I want to live around where I can walk to the grocery store. If I can't walk to the grocery store, I think in my mind, if there's a natural disaster, I'm fucked. I am fucked. Mm -hmm. Like if an earthquake happens, I remember when an earthquake happened, we was able to walk to the grocery store. We was able to walk to the mini market, walk to the butcher shop. It walked to, the, there used to be a, a little fruit stand that was in the block so we could walk over to the fruit stand and get food and have something to eat. There used to be a fruit truck that would drive through my neighborhood. It'd be like, Why we all have that same damn horn in our community though? But you know, they come outside. We yeah, knew that was the fruit yeah, man. That's yeah. the fruit truck. And then we would go out, I would buy lettuce, I would buy all this stuff. Like, and he took food stamps. And so it was, I was grocery shopping at nine years old, eight, nine years old for my sisters and brothers mm -hmm. and my mom. I was preparing the meals. Like I was feeding us and it was not, it was not easy, but my sitting watching my mom do it. And I realized so many kids aren't watching their mothers cook for them anymore. They're not, that's, I think they're so disconnected because they're not seeing anyone sh really love them. Mm -hmm. Like, I think real love is when you are doing actions for mm -hmm. something and they can see you doing it. Your kids, when they see you making their meals for them, even if it's nasty and they might not want to eat it right then, but like my mama used to do us, she'd be like, well, then you won't eat it all until, you, you know, when you're hungry, you'll eat it. Right. And she was right. <laughs> Damn, right. It was nasty as hell, but yeah, I ate that it was, anyways. That was Brussels sprouts for yeah, me. Yeah, it was, it was lamb chops for me. But like, but she was making lamb chops though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they were super cheap back then too. Right, right. But it's like, she would cook these meals and I would watch her cook these things. And because I was watching her and she had her accident, then I was able to do the same for my sisters and brothers. Mm -hmm. Like they know how much I love them. They know how much I care. And, and they do the same for their kids and their friends' kids. Like we all look out for each other. And it's just like, I don't know, when somebody cooked for me, like make something for me, I feel like, man, they really, this person really loves me. Right. Because they're making sure I live. They're feeding me. And kids, they don't see, they see, see their parents just drive through the drive through, spend $5, give them a happy meal, and that's it. And it's like, no, take 30 minutes, make something for them, let them Let see them make it make with it. you. Let them make yeah. it with you. Spend that time to keep them off the streets. Yeah. Like, I don't know that many gangbangers. I do know a lot of gangbangers, and a lot of them did have mamas that cooked, but their mamas also went to work and she would cook while they were asleep, and then they, the food would already be in there, and then they just warm it up. No, but it's interesting you said because I remember growing up in the group home, the only time I can remember actually helping to cook things was on my meal night. Mm -hmm. Like we all had a meal night that we all had to participate in making the food with the staff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the the way you've designed it, uh, and the first of all the the architectural design having something like that in our community that when you walk in, it's escapism by itself, just mm -hmm. walking into something that amazing and then being able to learn skill and trade right there is dope. Yeah, and they're gonna be learning how food works and how money works. And what I love about it is like, it's at the Founders Bank right off of Buckingham and Martin Luther King, which was one of the first black owned banks that was opened in South Central LA. And I mean, so many people tried to get that place. It's been abandoned for almost 30 years. There's fires there like damn near every every month. When I was talking about the firefighters mm -hmm. coming, that's where they always putting the fires out over there. And it's like, they and I would talk to them about it. And they were telling me, Tiff, if you need to get it, like do something about it. Cause we are so tired of putting fires out. We're so tired of chasing off homeless people out of there. And it's like, it's it's dangerous right now. So they need to like redo the bit. The whole thing needs to be redone and it will elevate the community and it will bring pride and joy to people. And I wanna make it 
have co-op aspects to it so then people have a sense of ownership mm -hmm. and when I feel like when people feel like they have a sense of ownership they take a little more pride in it they'll take care of it and then they'll be able to say yeah I own something because I saw the police during that whole the, the the you know during pandemic and people are marching and protesting and all that stuff and I saw this one thing on the news where the the people was yelling at him and he said, look, I'm here, the police officer said, I'm here to protect the owners. Mm -hmm. I have to protect the owners. I'm protecting the owners. I hear what you're saying, but I have to protect the owners. And I'm just like, that's it. We all need something to own. We all need to be owning land. Mm -hmm. We need to be owning, because that is the police job to protect the, the owners. Right, well, and if that's your property or that's your environment, you know, that's yours, you're going to protect it too. Exactly. And then hopefully see it scale because we need one in Stockton. I want one everywhere that we are at. Well, listen, what I want to do now is really get to the grid of what we do here in this, these messy games. Okay, let's play some messy games. Well, you know, your friend Kevin Hart said that I need to sip le uh, less tea and more cappuccino, so this has been the cappuccino. Mm -hmm. But now the games are tea. So the first game that we do here at the Jason Lee Show uh, today is called Tea or Tweet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you uh, some tea and you're going to answer it. But if you don't want to answer it, then you have to tweet something that I want you to tweet. But you can't tell anybody that I asked you to tweet it for at least 48 hours. Okay. You ready? She ready. You're not nervous? No. You sure? No. I'm courageous, boo. Okay. Um, so y earlier I mentioned you were in two films, one with Melissa McCartney and the other one was with Selma Hayek. Who was the bigger diva to work with, Selma or Melissa? Selma. The Gucci queen? Of course. First of all, everything Gucci, everything like, you know, uh, to her schedule, she had, you know, she had her assistant, she had her, the, the guy that, I guess it was her assistant, and he was helping her with her lines and stuff. And then she's like, Tiffany, you don't have to do that. No, they do that for you. No, they do this for you. Like, she's telling me what people will do for me, because I'm like, oh, I'll take care of it, I'll do it. She's like, no, 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 no. They'll do it for you. And then, like, when, we went to her, she invited me to her house in London, and it was like Gucci everywhere. It was so it, okay, beautiful. Okay, so you went to Selma Hayek's house. Yes, and I slept at her house for like a whole damn day in a princess bed with circular bed, and then she would come in and check on me. Are you okay, darling? Are you okay? Like, it was great, but like everybody was to her beck and call. Like, Wait, does Selma Hayek, have, do does that. she have staff? Yeah. So Selma Hayek, we know she's famous, we know she's rich, but like her husband owns all these brands, Gucci yeah. and all, okay. So they have, they're rich. Yeah. And the house is rich. Yeah. How, take me. I will. She got this shoe rack, man, that spins. It spins, and they got hundreds and hundreds of shoes and it just spins. Does her closet look like a her, department store? Her closet, her closet, you could tell was two bedrooms that had been made one big ass room. And it's like all oh, these beautiful clothes and there's a place to do makeup and hair and everything. And then there's like this big island in the middle and it has all these beautiful bags and pants and like all this cool stuff in it and glasses. So she's oh literally goodness. living like a boss. She is a boss. She is no, the boss. But I mean like when you see her, she's so humble and sweet and she, she comes out so nice. She is super sweet, but you know what? She don't take no shit. She, she, does, she don't she let sa she, Is she, she sassy? She, yes, and funny. 
She don't play around. Bring She's her to the, the Abbey. Bring her to the Abbey. She, she, she probably she, like, darling, I'm tired. I'm tired. No, no. She ain't like, to I had to be like demand it. I was like, let's go to the Drake concert. Like me and her daughter was like on her about going to the Drake concert. And she's like, oh, this is fun. This is nice. Oh, who's this Gucci man? My husband owns Gucci. Who is Gucci man? I was like, is it her daughter was there? And I was like, you see, he he wearing your inheritance right now. He like got you popping, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, who is he? Who is? I was like, girl, I'm gonna introduce you to him. You need to know him. You introduced someone had to Gucci. Yeah, we was back there. She met him. She met him. She met all the amigos. They was all wearing Gucci stuff too. And she met all of them, and she was saying, thank you so much for wearing the Gucci and everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for wearing my husband's shit. Yeah, for supporting us. That's crazy. She the sweetest, but she is a diva. Like, it's just like, I've never seen, like, it's just, she was teaching me how to, like, let people do things for you. Mm. And she's like, She let everybody to. do everything for her? I mean, they was doing most everything for her. But then she, there'd be a, <laughs> she'd turn around and she'd do shit herself. Like, yeah. cause she's still, like, you know, she battles with it, too. I can't. But she's just been rich a lot longer. She the best. Can we get discounts or do they, they don't give no discount? I was begging for one. Did you get one? No. Damn, Selma, come on now. But she did send she was like, I was like, I'm trying to buy this bag, blah, 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 And then the bag showed up. But why did she, she have to buy birthday. the bag if her man owns the bag? I don't know if she bought the bag, but she told me, I don't know if she bought She didn't the bag. buy that bag. I don't know, but All I right. know I love that bag. Let's go to if the- she gonna get a dis- If she go to the Gucci store, she gets a small discount. If she walks in the Gucci store, they better just throw whatever she wants in the bag. They they probably do, but I'm sure there's an invoice that's sent. Mm. Nobody's paying that invoice. She owned it. She owned the invoice that's sent. She literally, they own the invoice. Yeah, but like, I mean, I buy tickets to my shows and I give them to people. You buy tickets to your own shows? Sometimes. And I give them, like, when I go down to the fire department, I give them tickets. Oh, okay, like, yeah. I'm, because I don't want their names on my guest list. Hilarious. Okay, here's the next game. called smash or pass mm-hmm. now this is a game where we're gonna just put up someone's name here's your paddle right there mm-hmm. and you're either gonna say smash or pass and you can say why you would smash or pass them it's okay. really simple okay okay uh the first person mike tyson He's, he, he has a lot of... Current day Mike Tyson or like Mike Tyson from back in the day? That Mike Tyson. That Mike Tyson? In the light or in the dark? <laughs> I mean, you can decide the setting. I'm trying to think, do I want to see this part from... Like, do I want to see this in between my legs, looking around? Yeah, I smash. Okay. I'm going to just sit this one out because I don't want to get bitten. Micah, you know, I I like you. Okay. This one. Joe Biden. It's presidential. I'm going to pass on that because he might die on top of me. (laughs) And be like, how did he die on top of me? And the Secret Service be all interrogating me and stuff. Well, we know for sure he don't know how to fall into the vagina. (laughs) He don't know how? No, he knows how to fall. Oh, yeah. Into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The next one. Marvin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I would smash. I would. Marvin is a good friend of Tiffany's from high school. It was yeah. a joke. We went to the Super Bowl together. It's a joke. 
I would smash. We'll leave, it, we'll leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Okay. I would. <laughs> There's no but. Okay, speaking of. But. <laughs> <laughs> I know I had mine out. Like I said, I would. Speaking of but. <laughs> Burner Boy. Burner Boy is actually kind of hot. He's a big Afrobeats artist. I don't know what he's wearing right there. It's giving it real. Like it's giving like kilt slash uh, blanket from he just Big looks, Lots. He just it's looks, pants. He looks warm. It's a, it's a look like a I think it's Matt Gala, It must be Matt Gala look. Must be a Matt Gala yeah, look. It's art. And I mean, the way his lips look and stuff, looks like he got some new teeth too. But in person, uh, he looks like he has a big penis. Like, well, you know, I'm a pass. I don't want no big old thing. Here's, here, we're going to put one of your friends up here. What about this one? Jamie Foxx, you need your paddle. <sighs> the younger me would have did it, but the older me going to pass. He's in recovery right now anyway. He is? I mean, they said, I don't know. Well, then maybe I smash. While he's in recovery, he needs his energy. But disabled people need love. That's going to help Jamie him Fox here. Jamie Foxx isn't technically disabled yet. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But if he is, I'm there for him. Okay, well, I'm going to pass. All right, now, <laughs> now this next one. Uh-uh. But you know what? If I was 20-something, off eyesight, just seeing him in the swap meet, bam, I'm banging that day. In the back? Not in the swap meet, but at his mama house or something like that, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> on my granny house back then, back in my day. But on today, no, we're going to pass on that. What, based on social media or based on how you look? Ba ba based on how we look. Like, in my 20s, I'd have been with it. But um, in, as a grown-up and probably a year or two older than his mama, no, I'm going to pass. And, you know, I just, I mean, when you got your whole life written all over your body... <laughs> Where you can't even get in, like those he are, can't get in no witness protection. But those are just memories he probably didn't want to forget. But he could, he could have drew that in a in a book. <laughs> like I like tattoos on men, but I don't like when they hold, like when it's all over their whole body. When it seems like it's all over, like what part of him is not tattooed? The back of his knees? His penis. His penis. Oh, his penis is not tattooed. It's on the internet. Yeah. Oh, we got to look at that. I'm oh, right. you know what? We looked at that together. We anyway, did. let's go on. Let's go on to the next. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say pass. Okay, next person. Let's pass if, right along. But if I catch him, we didn't look at it. We didn't look at the weekend. I'll smash. The weekend's hot. Yeah, I'll smash. He's in that new show Idol. Have you yeah, seen I've it? Yeah, I've been watching it. He watched? looks a little creepy on the show. Did you hear his sex scene? How he was telling about you know his her little this and that or whatever. It's really nasty. He talks really. I've never heard Abel talk like that ever. Wait, 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 wait. He in the sex scene. He's saying it. There's a sex scene where he's talking very nasty to the girl who's hearing him talk very nasty to her, yes. Um, are you talking about in the club? Is this episode one or episode two? Because I'm only I don't know what episode, one. but it's, it, I don't think it's episode one. I think it's episode two. I don't remember what episode. Because I only seen episode one so far. I saw and episode one, but I had company, so I wasn't paying all the way attention because I was multitasking. All right. But I know in one of the episodes, he was talking about her vagina. Okay, well, And what yeah. he wanted to do to it. And I know he was talking about his, his thing thing in episode one. But we didn't see it. But we ain't see it. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to see it. Okay. You know, so the way it's going to. So, Abel, as much as we love you, we're going to put it right right down the middle. Are you going to put it down the middle? Yeah. And I'm going to want him to put it down my middle. 
And I know my father would be proud because he East African and I'm East African, and you know that's you know they very much want you to be like with other East Africans. Yeah, but okay. you got millions of viewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millions. Okay. Here we go. This next guy, he's an up and coming comedian who's popping, Drewski. He thick. I know him, and I'm gonna say no, cause I I look at him like a son, like. He's, he's not old enough to be your son, Tiffany. No, he is not old enough to be my son, but like the conversations that we've had is like, you know, family. Like, so, okay, so yeah. it's a little too familiar. Too familiar. Okay. But he's I'll, funny. He's super talented. Oh, he's hilarious. And he do seem like, the way his lips and stuff, it seemed like it would probably feel good if he sucked on your titties or whatever, but it's too, too family, too much family. And then, you know, he got the, well, he got tattoos on the back of his knee too? No, yeah. just on that one leg. Okay, but he, at least he don't have them on his fingers. Maybe they are on these fingers. I don't know. Like, like, you know, when they, when they tap the back of the hand, I don't mind, like, you do in between the fingers. You know, you could be discreet. But when the whole back of your hand, like, I'm going to backslap you with this history of this. Just like, what, why, why? Why? Why would you put you a tattoo? You never can do a period piece. Why would you put a tattoo on the back of your knee? You shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, but, but some people be so tatted, that like they run out of space, and they're like, well, put it on the back of my knee. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was going to tattoo dick in my mouth. Why? Because what because I was going to the dick in your mouth? No, what I was going to say was if it's it's either coming in or going out. When it comes out, I'm a dick. When it goes in, it's a dick. You know? But I decided not to because I'm glad you didn't. No, it's not on don't brand. Do that. It's don't not do on that. brand. Don't do that. Yeah. I've been thinking about I don't have any tattoos and I was thinking about getting EST 1979 expire never right over the crack of my ass and have them write it like how to be on like a bottle of wine. You know what I'm saying? And then when a dude hit in front of back, they're like, what's this about? What's this? And I'll be like, it's just like wine. It get better with time, baby. Why don't you just do what Shamar did and tattoo freedom over it? Freedom over? Shut the fuck up. Google's shut, your friend. Shut, Google. Shut the fuck up. That's his middle name. It's freedom. And he has it over his, um, it's a tramp stamp. Over his tramp stamp, he put mm -hmm. freedom? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Because you ain't letting nobody handle freedom with your ass. All right, nah. let's go on to the next one. Okay, what about this guy? Matthew Knowles. Oh, that's going to be a pass. Because mm -hmm. that's your that's friend's daddy. Thing. Yeah, that and just a hard pass. Just mm -hmm. not my type. That ain't my type. Mm -hmm. He looked like a pastor. He looked like he do nasty stuff. <laughs> he looked like he be saying nasty stuff, too. Get your ass over here. He be looking like he be saying some nasty some ass shit. Teddy Pendergrass tees. Some of that Tupperware pussy. Not Tupperware pussy. Pop that thing open. Not plastic on the couch pussy. The freshest. Like it just, I don't know. It just seemed like he would be saying, some, "Ooh, girl, you're making me crazy. You're making me crazy." He sound like he say shit like that. He looked like he was like, "Yeah, you're making me crazy." Guy, you making him sweat right there. Look. Yeah. He's like, oh dang, I can't. <laughs> my heart about to jump out my eyes. Like, <laughs> like all right, Tiffany, you better cuff it. All right, uh, next person, Will Duvall. So you got to pass on that? But I would, I mean, if we was like, if there was nothing else, I guess so. But like, that's my friend. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's, that's my friend. But if I had to, like, it was nothing else out there. Wait, if there was mean, nothing I else mean, out there? Like, if we was trapped on a desert island, we definitely going to do If you were in a haunted house? We definitely, we not going to fuck in the haunted house. Haunted, haunted mansion, haunted mansion. I'm not I mean. fucking in a mansion, in a haunted mansion. Okay, yes, I would. Yeah, we would probably do it. Okay. But I don't I just can't see, like, I don't. He's my friend. But but it, why do people say that I wouldn't smash because my friend? That's the whole purpose of getting in relationships. We, you're supposed to be in a relationship with your friend, right? Like, you're supposed to be friends with the person, your, your partner. 
Like, we act like it's so foreign. Like, I can't fuck them. They were friends. I will fuck a lot of my friends. I guess. <laughs> when, when you see your friends do stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know stuff. Okay. And so it's just like, and he's a good person. He's a super dope dude, but I but just. But y'all, y'all your, your sex would be like a comedy We series. would be giggling and laughing the whole time, which would lead to many orgasms, I'm sure. Okay, here's another one. This one I know. I know the answer to this one. You better put the baby. He put his number in your phone as a baby, though. Yeah, he put a baby emoji. <laughs> A baby emoji as the way he put my, his number. No, I'm a pass. I called Tiffany. I said, can you give me the baby's number? She couldn't find it because it was a baby emoji. It was a baby emoji. <laughs> <laughs> like, go through everything. I was like, hey, where is he? That man's in love with you, though. He don't return no phone calls. He don't return. He's bad with his phone. He don't return no phone calls. Don't return no text messages. Don't like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And DMs don't respond. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, no. I mean, I think he's super talented. I would love to be his friend and, like, you know, if I could be of service to help him. Do like, a song together. Home. Yeah, do a song together, whatever. Like, that would be super dope. But, like, to smash, like, and then, like, how I seen, like, what happened with the, the baby mamas and all that, I'm cool. <laughs> maybe once I'm not bleeding but no that's more. Okay. Maybe once I'm in menopause. Maybe, when, yeah, once I'm in menopause, then maybe I might smash. But at this point, I would say pass. Okay. Because what if I get trapped? Listen, on that note, um, we're done. She's not smashing baby, the baby, 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 oh, it's Brittany. Okay, well, listen, um, <laughs> Haunted Mansion, you playing the detective. Haunted Mansion, I'm playing a medium. I know you're The playing. After Party season two, a detective. You got the Carmichael show you need to go two watch. Se- three seasons. Mm-hmm. You're going on tour. Going on tour. Got, uh, uh, then don't forget, I got the, my first sci-fi movie coming out that I play a mother. It's called Landscape of the Invisible Hand. That's coming out in August. Also in August, I got another movie coming out called Back on the Strip with Wesley Snipes, where he play my baby daddy. You know, your girl be busy. I be busy. And I'm happy. And you know what? And I'm going to end it on this note. As busy as you are, you still made time to come here today. You always make time for the people you care about. And there's no excuse when people say they're too busy. I saw a post the other day that said, when somebody tells you that they're too busy for you, that's a sign that they don't have time for you. Exactly. And I like to say that to people, yeah. too. I'm like, unfortunately, I don't have time for that, that you are asking me for. And thank you, um, Christian, for being our baby's godfather. Yes. We will definitely send you the shoe size so you can fill up that closet. Yes, we definitely need some little red bottoms. Well, thank you. You know, I lo- I'm going to say it before we get out of here, before she says it to me. I love you. I love you, too. That's the first time I ever said it first. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Peace. Yeah.